You're listening to the Rob Review Podcast. Evan Rob and Laura Rob share their thoughts and opinions on teaching, learning, and leadership. And now, the Rob Review Podcast with Evan and Laura. This is Evan Rob, and I am here with Laura Rob. We appreciate you listening to our podcast, and we are continuing our discussion on instructional reading. This podcast, we're going to be discussing interactive read-alouds and how that has a place within instructional reading in an English classroom. Laura, great to have you here this afternoon. Great to be here and excited to talk about interactive read-alouds. Well, let's start with a basic definition of what isn't an interactive read-aloud. An interactive read-aloud is an instructional tool that works for grades K to 12. What the teacher does is takes a short part of a text, reads it, thinks aloud, and shows the students how he or she applies a strategy or thinks about text structure. And as the lessons proceed, the teacher invites the student to practice what has been modeled. Okay, so it's really exciting. So it's an opportunity to focus on particular strategies, to model that, and then give students a toolbox so they can apply those skills as they move through the unit and and actually throughout the year and throughout time. Why are instructional read-alouds, and maybe you've already answered this question, but why are instructional read-alouds considered to be so effective? They are effective for two reasons. One, the students observe how the teacher, who is the expert reader in the class, thinks about text, the emotions. Uh, you could share emotions that you feel. You can show how a strategy works. You can think about text structure. What it does is it shows students that as you read, you are actively thinking and having in-the-head conversations with yourself about the reading. What also makes it powerful is once the teacher models, the next step is he or she invites students to pair share and work on the same strategy with a different section of text and then share with the class their thinking. Laura, you often talk to us, you certainly talk to me a lot, about three types of reading in a classroom. Read aloud, instructional reading, and independent reading. The interactive read aloud, is that considered read aloud or is that considered instruction within a classroom or is it a merge between the two? Well, first, it doesn't replace the read aloud that the teacher does for enjoyment, for fun, to expose students to a variety of texts. What it is, is a mini lesson using text that is the same kind of text, the same genre that students are studying in their unit. And it gives students an opportunity to see how you think about those texts and how you understand them. That's, that's really exciting. So, Laura, let me ask you an additional question. Some of, our, some of our listeners come from schools where there's a seven-period day, an eight-period day, uh, and some come from schools where there's block scheduling, which could mean upwards of a 90-minute period. How long, in terms of a language arts block, does an interactive read-aloud take? Oh, that's a really good question. An interactive read-aloud should never go more than 12 to 15 minutes. I find that the more experienced you get, you can do a really fine-tuned interactive read-aloud 
in anywhere from five to 10 or 11 minutes, which is the length of a solid mini lesson. So if a teacher is doing a unit on a, on a particular topic within a language arts classroom, are you saying that the interactive read aloud would connect to that topic? Absolutely. You can you can connect the text you choose for the read aloud to a topic, to a theme, to a genre. I prefer my own preference is I like to organize units of study uh, in terms of genre and I also add a theme. So for example, if I'm doing realistic fiction, I would have a theme of relationships. If I'm doing biography, I would have a theme of obstacles. When I choose an interactive read aloud, there are certain standards. It has to be short. You should be able to finish that text. You're thinking, you're modeling, you're interacting in uh, no more than 10 class periods, preferably seven or eight. Now, Laura, I know we're, we're going to talk a lot more about strategies in upcoming podcasts, but help me understand what particular strategy you might use as you are focusing uh, on an interactive read aloud. And, and I'm going to kind of answer the question a little bit because I know that you're really big on inferences and that's a strategy that you like to incorporate into a language arts classroom to get kids to use text to think and draw conclusions. So am I right? Is inferences a strategy that you would focus on for that? Absolutely. I focus on inferences several times during the year. And the reason is that writers write expecting readers to infer. So if readers are expected to infer with a variety of texts, then we need to develop their expertise and comfort level with this strategy. The best way to do it is to provide the model with a think aloud so the teacher the students can observe you doing it. Then you have them practice what you're doing with a partner. And they practice over time through that interactive read aloud. That's really exciting. So just so I understand, so you're saying that this is absolutely fits in in language arts classrooms across the spectrum. Absolutely. Actually, it would even work in content subjects where you're teaching students how to read a science text, how to read a math text, uh, how to read a, um, a social studies text. You know, there, there's an interesting presumption sometimes that, that educators, and myself included, could be guilty of making, which is a presumption that kids know how to do things without being taught how to do them. The classic is note-taking. Uh, sometimes there can be a presumption that kids magically know how to take notes or kids know how to study. Uh, kids also need help in how to navigate a book how to understand uh, how to work through a book, whether it is a novel or a short story, and they need to understand the strategies that can help them become better readers and better thinkers. Absolutely. And we know the more practice they have, the better they become. So they practice uh, in, small, in, in small amounts of time every day uh, in that interactive read aloud. Then when they go to their instructional reading class, I like to start with a short text, so they're practicing the strategy with a short text that's very manageable, and then I can identify students who need intervention and students who can go on to their own lo longer instructional book. You know, it's really exciting to think, I, I enjoy the concept of three types of reading within the classroom, and I really get excited about 
your words on how they can connect one to the other. So let me give you one final question before we come to the end of our podcast, which is how can you take some of these skills, which may have originated in an interactive read aloud, they may have been applied during instructional reading, and how can they be applied independently through independent reading? Okay, that's a really excellent question. Well, I like to remind students to, when they're reading independently, to not just like go through a book like a goat goes through a bag of popcorn. I like them to stop every maybe two or three chapters, sit back and reflect, and maybe think about the characters, make some inferences, or think about a decision, or make a prediction as to where they think the plot is going. Uh, Part of reading is that interacting with the author and having those in-the-head conversations in your head and feeling things in your heart. Those are the things that you model and students practice in the interactive read-aloud and instructional reading. And then with a reminder, we ask them to work on that with their independent reading. What I do recommend is that the students who are struggling, who still don't internalize these strategies because they're new, uh, that the teacher becomes coach. And during that silent independent reading, spends a few minutes with that student and the text that he or she has chosen and talking about that stopping and thinking and reflecting and making an inference automatically uh, as you're reading, but stopping to think about it. You know, I love, I love how you are explaining so crystal clear how not only can there be three types of reading within a language arts classroom, but how strategically uh, things can tie together between the interactive read aloud, the read aloud, the instructional reading, and the independent reading. Because it would be a wrong conclusion for anyone to think that the three types of reading exist completely in separation, meaning a read aloud that has nothing to do whatsoever with what the class is studying, instructional reading that is isolated, that has nothing to do uh, with particular strategies, and then independent reading that may be reading log based or making a diorama. That would be three types of reading, but that is absolutely not the three types of reading that you're talking about. Absolutely not. Uh, There is, um, we want to teach students what excellent readers do. We want to give them practice. This is an interesting point. When I taught 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, I did some action research, and um, I, I surveyed the students several times during the year to find out if they, when they stopped to think, were they were they able to automatically pull up an inference about the plot, about a setting, about the character? What I found was that in eighth grade, that's when many of the students started doing this automatically. And then I would assume that in ninth grade, it really becomes solid. Because as you know, when you read a book, you don't say, I'm going to make an inference. But when you stop to think about that book and reflect on that book, you are automatically making uh, inferences. And I know that students need practice to get there. That is very powerful. And you've brought tremendous clarity to This element of instructional reading and explaining how things tie together, really appreciate it. I know the people who are listening to this podcast will certainly appreciate your wisdom also. To anyone who's listening, you can learn more about this by checking out Laura Robb's book, Teaching Reading in the Middle School. And also, Laura's going to be writing some additional blogs 
on interactive read-alouds shortly, which you can find on the robreviewblog.com. Thank you for listening to us. This is Evan Rob. And thank you for inviting me to do this because you know that reading is my very favorite subject. Laura, I have absolutely figured that one out. <laughs> thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed the Rob Review Podcast. Check out our blogs at therobreviewblog.com and tell a friend. Thanks again and see you next time.